Hey guys, welcome to the Quacks Podcast. Now this week, I have one of those shows that I consider to be a foundational aspect of keeping good health, just throughout your life. It's one of those things that has the potential to help any health problem, or just anybody's health, just in general. And that is air filtration. Now, in my day-to-day job, I sell supplements. I sell lots of supplements. And a lot of those are for allergies, asthma, skin health, uh, common cold, other seasonal immune challenges, lots of things. But all of these can be helped tremendously by just having the proper air filtration in your home. Now, the fact is you probably spend about half of your life in your house, if, if not more. So even the smallest problem with dust or pollen or pet dander, uh, or just you know any other particles, these can have this kind of cumulative impact over your on your health over time. So so that even something very small, if you're exposed to it all the time, can lead to health issues. So for most of our history, humans did not live inside, at least as much as we do now. Uh, and when we did live inside, we were not bombarded by the modern day chemicals, glues, and you know other things that off gas that we use to build our houses. Most people feel better when they are outside. I mean, I know I do. I always feel more refreshed and happy after spending a week out camping. And part of the reason behind this is indoor air pollution is estimated to be two to three times higher than outside air pollution. It's kind of crazy to think about that. See, our houses have become incredibly efficient at insulation and being sealed up to the outside world. So if you have an indoor air pollution issue, it tends to just stay there unless there's some type of ventilation going on. And your AC unit or your heater will do a little bit of of this ventilation. But for example, here in Arizona, we turn the AC off after the summer is done, usually in October and sometimes in November. Uh, Most places would then turn their heaters on, but it doesn't get that cold here in Arizona. So a well-insulated house here in Arizona might not have much airflow for four to five months. Personally, I think my roommate and I, we used our heat once or twice this whole winter. So having a good air filter can be great for moving that air around and lowering the indoor air pollution. Uh, One of the things I really love about air filters is just how positive people's experience of them can be. So for example, here's a review from the uh, IQ Air on Amazon. Uh, We live in a basement suite in an old house in a city that rains about three quarters of the year. We were concerned we were breathing harmful air, mold specifically, from the various aspects of of living in an old house in a very wet climate. Our sleeps would really would be really choppy and we would experience wheezing and, sorry to be graphic, mucus in our lungs on a daily basis. I knew that it was due to the harmful allergens uh, mold spores in the air. Yeah, this is not the greatest grammar. Uh, My friend has many IQ airs in his home and raves about them, so I bit the bullet despite the high price tag and bought one. Best decision ever. No more wheezing, no more mucus, and the most peaceful sleeps you can imagine. (laughs) I love that. Calls them sleeps. Anyway, isn't that just awesome? Here's another one uh, from the Winix 5500-2. 
We live in a wood house. Zero carpet, seven humans, three dogs, three cats. There are no words to describe the amount of hair and dust that I battle on a daily basis. I pretty much gave up. <laughs> Started researching air purifiers. Lots to learn about them. Anyways, settled on one and got it. It's been four days and we are simply amazed. Baby hasn't had a runny nose in two days and he has had a runny nose since he was born. He has eczema, which is pretty much controlled by the diapers and wipes we use, but he still has a small rash that never completely goes away. It's gone. My nose hasn't been an issue in two days and none of us have been coughing. We all coughed all the time. <laughs> I love how that one ends. We all coughed all the time. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about how to pick the best air filter for your home. Uh, I'm going to give you the knowledge that you need that might be a little technical to pick the right one. And then I will negate your free will that has blossomed from that knowledge. And I will tell you which one you should pick anyways. Now, I'm, I'm going to be getting a lot of this information from a guy named Carl Grimes, who I believe is some type of remediation expert for mold. I could be wrong about that, but he has an excellent PDF explaining many of these concepts on air, filtra air filtration. I don't have a link for that PDF, but if you do want it, just email me at quackspodcast at gmail.com. I will send it to you. Be happy to. So let's do it. The air filter market is one of the sleaziest, most marketing-driven purchasing experiences I have ever come across. It is confusing. You don't know what different filters do. They all use different languages in tricky ways to make claims that they're not making claims about. It sucks. But thankfully, we are going to simplify it today. First, we need to clarify what types of filters are out there. Now, different companies call their filters by different names. There are two basic categories, air filters and air purifiers. Air filters clean particles out of the air by forcing air through a filtering medium. Uh, they clean by physically removing pollutants out of the air. There's no introduction of some new chemical or anything like that. Air purifiers, on the other hand, they do add something to the air. They add something to neutralize harmful particles. You might see air purifiers that use ozone or ions or, you know, something else that they say cleans the air. You can think of air filters kind of like your pool filter, which catches leaves and other things that are, you know, falling into your pool. Uh, when I was a kid, mine was called Oscar and he would swim around and, and hoover up leaves. I thought it was fascinating that there was like this alive monster that would clean the pool all the time. Anyway, air purifiers you can think of as pest control. It's almost like someone who comes to your house and sprays things around to kill the bad stuff. Uh, I also remember when I was a kid, there was this pest control company that drove around in a yellow Volkswagen Beetle. And these beetles had ears and a tail on them, kind of mimicking a mouse. Did you guys ever have those in your town or was that just an Arizona thing? I don't know. It was kind of neat. Now, to make things really confusing, often companies will call their air, air filters purifiers and they'll call their purifiers air filters. So it's really confusing. You just want to remember, if it's forcing air through filtration, it is an air filter. If it's claiming to put out ozone, hydroxyl ions, using UV light to shine on titanium or anything like that, if, if it doesn't use a lot of air, you know, it, it's probably a purifier, okay? Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on the air purifiers because they are more experimental, uh, and it's really hard to tell what is science and what is marketing. 
Plus, whether people like them or not is very inconsistent. I mean, some people swear by them. Some people, you know, love them, say they're, they're better than than other, you know, regular air filters. Some people say that they put them into the hospital. It's really all over the place. So I'm going to focus on air filters. Uh, there's going to be two types of filters that you need to understand. There's going to be particle filters and gas filters. And then there are companies that kind of combine the two and charge outrageous prices, but we're going to get to that later. Okay, so particles. Particles are things like pet dander, mold spores, dust, fumes, pollen, yeast and bacteria, tobacco smoke, and soot. When you have a window open and you can see little bits floating in the air through the sunlight, those are particles. When you hear about some lung condition happening in a third world country from you know burning wood in the home, those are particles causing those problems. When someone says that they have allergies, they cough, or they're intolerant to cigarette smoke, those are particles causing those problems. The, differ the biggest difference between particles and gases are particles are much bigger. Uh, you can actually see with the naked eye many particles, although some are too small to see. Now, they measure particle size by something called uh, a micron. So particles are, you know, let's say 0.1 microns to 100 microns in size. And to give you an idea of how big a micron is, once you get below 10 microns, a particle cannot be seen by the naked eye. So above 10 microns, you can generally see it. Now, gases are much smaller, like much, much smaller. They can be as tiny as 0 0.001 microns. I'm sorry, 0001 microns, three zeros. So very small. You know, one dust particle may be 20 microns in size, and you might be able to see it. And that would still be 200,000 times bigger than a gas particle. So really small. Um, things that are in this gas category are mycotoxins, which are toxins released by mold, uh, pesticides, perfume fragrances, viruses are in this category. Uh, you may have heard maybe one or two people say during the COVID pandemic that cloth face masks don't work. Well, that's because of how tiny viruses are. VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds or chemicals, these are in the gas category. Uh, VOCs are things like formaldehyde, additives in paint, glues, varnishes, uh, smells from food preparation. Those are VOCs. So when you hear about people who get headaches from perfume, you know, because their liver cannot clear those fragrances, there's gases causing those problems. Uh, when you hear about multiple chemical sensitivity or construction workers reacting to building materials, there are gases causing those problems. So gases, they can cause much more systemic health problems compared to particles. Gases are hidden. They're harder to, to detect. You know, they're sneaky. Uh, they just, they cause much more mysterious health issues than particles do. So to use an analogy, let's say you were swimming in the Amazon, uh, just having a nice time floating along, and you were attacked by piranhas. Those piranhas would be like particles. They're well-sized fish, and if you get too many of them on you or in you or whatever, you're in trouble. If instead of piranha, you peed in the water and the terrifying candiru fish used your urine to swim up your urethra and began to feed on you from the inside, that would be gases. That's the thing, by the way. It's terrifying. Look it up at your own risk and never swim in a lake in South America. So we want an air filter that gets rid of both particles and gases, right? Both the piranhas and the small but horrifying candiru fish. Well, thankfully, 
there are two different sets of technology that will tackle both. When it comes to particles, the only technology out there that you really need to know about is called True HEPA. Now, you're going to know it's True HEPA because it will have the tagline, and this is important, that it filters 99.7% of particles at 0.3 microns. Now, there's all kinds of other HEPA filters out there, and everyone claims to be able to kill the piranhas, get rid of the particles. And this is what makes buying filters so dang confusing, because you will see all kinds of claims about some specialized HEPA. You know, I've seen Hospital HEPA, HEPA Pro, HEPA Ultra, but all of these fall short of true HEPA. Or they might be some experimental type of HEPA that does not have the decades of science behind it that the true HEPA does. Uh, true HEPA came out in the 1940s, and it has been extensively studied and used since then. Actually, in case you're curious, the way they test HEPA materials is really cool. They fire 10,000 particles at a HEPA filter and then measure how many particles get through. If more than 30 particles get through, which is 99.7% filtration, that material fails and is not true HEPA. If 10 or less particles get through, they call that medical grade true HEPA, and they use that in pharmaceutical labs. But for our purposes, HEPA is 99.7% filtration at 0.3 microns. As a side note, the 0.3 microns is the low point of filtration, meaning at 0.4 or 0.2 microns, it could be 99.9%. So 99.7 at 0.3 microns is the bottom of the curve, and it gets better moving away from that point. So that takes care of the piranhas, right? What about gases? Well, sadly, gases pass right through a HEPA filter. Remember, some gas particles are 0.0001 microns, which is 3,000 times smaller than 0.3 microns from the HEPA rating. And if you don't understand that difference, you may get the wrong filter. I've seen people with chronic fatigue or multiple chemical sensitivity complain that their particle filter didn't help them. Well, it's because they needed a gas filter. So how do we tackle this dreaded Kandiru gas monster? Well, there's two main materials that are commonly used to filter gases, and they do this by chemically bonding to those VOCs or perfumes or whatever in the air. Now, those materials are activated charcoal and potassium permanganate. Now, sometimes you will see them by different names, like activated carbon or, or just carbon. And sometimes you will see potassium permanganate called impregnated carbon or impregnated alumina. But it's just these two that you have to know about. You may also see uh, zeolite out there as another option that helps with gases, but it doesn't work as well as carbon anyway, so just forget about that stuff. Uh, you just have to remember activated carbon and potassium permanganate, or PP for short. So PP is going to save your PP from the Kandiru vampire fish. Now, one of the bummers about gas filtration is we do not get the same efficiency as we do with HEPA. Um, particles, you know, with HEPA, we get 99.7% efficiency. But with charcoal and PP, we get about 30% efficiency. It's kind of a bummer, but it is what we have to work with. So to summarize, there are gases and particles. Particles are big. They can exacerbate lung problems, allergies, asthma. They can make colds and respiratory infections worse. They can cause mucus buildup, that kind of thing. Gases are small. They're sneaky. They cause more systemic problems in people, like multiple chemical sensitivity, sleeping problems, just pretty much anything. I mean, if you read the health problems associated with formaldehyde and other VOCs, it's a long list. It's pretty much everything. So just think of gases. Sneaky can cause everything. True HEPA filters, they take care of particles. 
activated charcoal, and PP take care of gases. Hopefully that is simple. Now, before we move on, uh, I do want to cover the air purifiers, which add something to the air to purify it. These machines add things like ozone or hydroxyl ions into the air. These gases then combine with pollutants, and they're supposedly able to neutralize them. The problem is the science is really unclear on how effective these are. When ozone oxidizes some pollutant, there really is no guarantee that it is being oxidized into something that is less harmful than it was before it was oxidized. Um, Ozone, that's also a lung irritant. You know, I've read many stories that when people use these type of filters, they actually find that their living space feels worse to be in. But to give the devil his due, there are people who swear by some of these air purifiers, like the Air Oasis G3, and they say it works better than HEPA filters. Personally, I would stay away from these air purifiers unless you have already tried a good particle and gas filter. These purifiers, they're kind of a roll of the dice. You know, they might work, they might not. And they're usually a very expensive roll of the dice too. So you'll also see ionic air purifiers that don't use fans to push air through them. And they have these metal rails and and this bad stuff sticks to the metal rails. These are basically worthless. They do not push enough air to actually clean a room. So just don't waste your money on those. I should also mention at this point, air purifiers and filters which come with UV light. It isn't that big of a deal to get that. They aren't super useful. Uh, HEPA captures bacteria and yeast. Whether UV light has killed it or not doesn't really matter at all at that much, you know, at that point. So I wouldn't get too hung up on that feature when comparing models. Um, I've also seen, you know, different ways to use UV light, like shining on titanium to create hydroxyl ions. Um, again, you know, it's it's kind of experimental and sometimes these ones don't really push much air around. They're just kind of passive. So yeah, some air comes in and maybe these hydroxyl ions can kind of purify some of the air, but it's not enough to really get a a full room purified. And sometimes these purifiers cost a thousand dollars. So it just, it's, it's, it's a direction you want to go after you've tried the other inexpensive options. So let's talk about how to choose the correct air filter for your home. Now, the biggest mistake that people make is they choose a filter that is too small for the room that they put it in. Let me say that again. The biggest mistake people make is they choose a filter that is too small for the room that they put it in. And part of it is the fault of the consumer and part of it is the fault of the air pure uh, filter manufacturers. So the thinking goes something like this. I want clean air, I have allergies or asthma, but I don't want to spend too much money, so I'm going to buy this $50 desk filter and put it where I work, and that's going to be helpful. Wrong. So I did the same thing last year. Uh, I bought three different filters that were about $75 each, and I put them in different rooms in my house thinking, oh, yeah, this will just keep the general level of indoor air pollution down. Wrong. Totally wrong. After doing research for this episode, I was very... This thinking is not correct, is what I should say. So if you're if you're not getting proper air filtration for a specific room size, you're basically not doing anything. Uh, you're throwing your money away. I know this is contrary to how people think because it's like, well, any bit of filtration helps, right? Well, think of it like this. Let's say the Grand Canyon is filled with marbles and you have the terrible job of cleaning all those marbles, but the wind and the rain is constantly getting them dirty. Well, if you clean those marbles one tray at a time, Yes, you're doing something, but are you really making a dent in that crappy job? 
you are not. So that that's kind of what it's like. So how do you know if you're getting the proper air filter size for a room? Well, this is another area where the companies make this way too confusing. So most filters will tell you on the box how big the room is that they can cover. And it's it's almost always total BS that they're saying. Um, I'm going to walk you through some math here quickly for people who are interested, but I will summarize it at the end to make it simple. So studies generally say that you need all the air in a room to filter through a HEPA filter 10 times in one hour to get 80% reduction of particles in that room. In other words, you need 10 ACH, 10 air changes per hour to get 80% reduction of particles in a room. Now, I'm going to assume that you want to get the most out of an air filter. You want to get as much particles out of the air as possible. I'm assuming that you have allergies or asthma or some other reason to get the particle count down to a very low level, similar to what it would be like to be walking around in nature. If you're trying to get issues addressed, then you need 10 ACH. So we want to buy an air filter that gets 10 ACH given the size of the room we are filtering. And this is how air filter companies can trick you. They will put on their label, you know, good for an 800 square foot room but that may only turn the air over five times in that large room. So for example, the ones that I bought, those $75 ones, they say that they filter a 215 square foot room and refresh the air six times per hour. Well, if you don't know that you need 10 air changes per hour to get 80% reduction of the particles, this sounds like a good deal, right? Wow, six times an hour, that must be good. But in actuality, this filter is good for around 120 square feet. And it's not going to be able to keep up with a larger room than that. So that means we need to ignore what the company puts on the box about how much square feet it can filter. These numbers are misleading. And instead, we need to calculate this number ourselves. We need to find a number called CFM or CADR. Now, these are often found in the technical specifications, maybe on the side of the box or maybe in the manual. Sometimes they're a little bit difficult to find. I will also link to a website that lets you look up filters and, and gives you the CADR. It takes a little extra work to find these numbers, but they are going to be useful. CFM is cubic feet per minute, and CADR is clean air delivery rate. Now, with these numbers, you can compare apples to apples. CADR is a bit more complicated, so we're going to ignore that one for now. But if you do come across it, just know that it is usually a little less than the CFM rate. So if a filter has 132 CADR, it's around a 140 CFM. Now, CFM tells you how much air is going to go through a filter per minute. So it is, it's cubic feet of air per minute. Now, because these numbers let us compare filters to each other easily, if you have two different filters that you're looking at and they have the same CFM, choose the cheaper one. They're basically filtering out the same amount of air. So, you know, Eureka, we can use these numbers to cut through the marketing BS and find out which filter is best for us. So here's the math part. Basically, you calculate the cubic feet of a room. So if a ceiling is eight feet and the room dimensions are 10 by 15, then you have 1,200 cubic feet in that 150 square foot room, eight by 10 by 15. If you have a 200 CFM machine, meaning 200 cubic feet per minute, it will turn the air over in that room every six minutes. That's 1,200 divided by 200, which equals six minutes, which means it will turn the air over 10 times per hour in that room. Hence, we get that a 200 CFM machine is good for a room that is 150 square feet with eight foot ceilings. 
That will get us the 10 ACH air changes per hour that we're looking for to remove enough particles to make a difference. That sounds terribly confusing. So here's a little cheat sheet for you. And these, these are all for rooms that are eight foot in ceilings because that's kind of average. If you do have tall ceilings, that will really change things. But because the average is eight foot ceilings, that's what these numbers are based off. 150 CFM is good for 115 square foot. Uh, 200 CFM is good for 150 square foot room. 250 CFM is good for a 200 square foot room. 300 CFM is good for a 225 square foot room. Uh, 350 CFM is good for a 250 square foot room. And 400 CFM is good for a 300 square foot room. Now, you won't really find any air filter that is much above 400 CFM. 400 CFM is already going to sound like a jet engine. So getting higher than that is just not a good idea if you enjoy hearing things. Now, what this means is there really are no air filters on the market that can clear a room that is higher than 300 square foot. This is a big deal to know. I see so many filters saying that they can clear 800 square feet, and that's just not true. And sometimes they have a CFM below 200. It is just insane the amount of BS in the marketing for filters out there. So that is the cheat sheet you need to compare different air filters against each other. Um, a decent CFM that is good to shoot for is 250 CFM. Above that, the air filter starts to get very loud and pretty expensive. Below that, and you lose the power to clean an average room size. So it's often less expensive and more energy efficient to buy a couple 250 CFM machines than to get one 400 CFM machine. Um, so anyway, enough math. That was, that was interesting. Let's get to some recommendations for good air filters. Luckily, there is a great YouTube channel that does a ton of work in this area called Consumer Analysis. Uh, they test air filters, they test AC units, vacuum cleaners, other electronics, uh, just all looking for the best ones. And they definitely save me a lot of time going through tons of Amazon reviews. Uh, so their channel channel is going to be in the show notes if you want to watch some cool videos on air filters. That might just be me. But if you're interested, go for it. Now, there's three air filters in particular that uh, Consumer Analysis likes. And those are the Winix 5500-2, the Coway Mighty, and the Austin Air Healthmate. I like these also, so let's go through each. The Winix 5500-2 is going to cost around $160 plus tax. It has 250 CFM, so it's good for a 200-square-foot room, and it has great energy efficiency, so it won't be too costly to run all the time. That's another thing that I didn't really mention that sometimes you have to worry about is how many watts these air filters consume. Uh, some of the really higher end air filters can consume 300 watts, 250 watts per hour, which is going to add up at the end of the year. Uh, this Winix 5500-2 is going to consume about 70 watts. And I think that's on its highest setting, which is pretty cheap, uh, all things considered. Now, this thing is equipped with a true HEPA filter, along with an activated carbon pellet filter. Uh, it also has a pre-filter that is washable, which will make your HEPA filter last longer. Not every air filter comes with a washable pre-filter, which prevents the HEPA filter getting clogged up faster. Um, filter replacements will cost you around $50. And depending on how dirty your air is, you may have to replace the filter once or twice per year. The Coway Mighty is the next option. 
that one's not as good as the Winix, in my opinion. It, it has many of the same features. You know, it has the pre-filter and all the other good stuff, but it's about 50 bucks more. So it's a good filter. It's just more expensive. The main reason you would want it is the Coway is more aesthetically pleasing. It has a cool kind of circle dealio that kind of reminds me of the AI from 2001 Space Odyssey, whereas the Winix looks a bit like some Soviet concrete building or something. So, I mean, it's not the greatest looking thing. Uh, the Coway Mighty also has a longer warranty, if that matters to you. The next one is the Austin Healthmate, and that is a totally different animal than these first two filters. Now, this one's going to be around $600. The biggest difference is it's going to be much better at filtering gases than the Winix or the Co uh, the Coway. Remember, there's particles and there's gases. The Coway and the Winix, they're much better at filtering, filtering particles than they are gases. Now, as we go through these air filters, you're going to notice that filtering gases is much more expensive. The Austin Healthmate it comes with 15 pounds of carbon and zeolite in its filter along with a true HEPA filter. So it's an extra $350. And what does that really get you over the Winix? Well, the Winix is a great HEPA filter and it comes with kind of a sprinkling of gas filtration with that, uh, you know, it has about a pound of activated carbon in that pellet filter it puts in there. So really the Winix is good for most people's needs, but the Austin Healthmate, it has 15 pounds of gas filtration. So much stronger. That's where the extra cost, the extra $350 is going. I actually thought about getting an Austin Air uh, when I was looking at filters. But one reason I really didn't like it is because it's very loud. And the filters are quite costly to replace as well. Uh, they say you only have to replace the filters every three to five years. Mm, I don't know about that. Plus, they say that they will prorate them. But these filter replacements for the Austin can be like $300 and higher, uh, which is just too much in my opinion. I'd, I'd rather pay the 50 bucks for the Winix. So. But let's say that you do want extra gas filtration. Let's say you like the Winix, but it doesn't have enough gas filtration and you don't want to pay $300 for replacement filters. I think a better option is to get a filter uh, that does just gas filtration and doesn't try and combine them like the Austin Air. So for example, the Faust 160R2 gas filter, after shipping and taxes, this is going to run you around 500 bucks, so still expensive, but the replacement filters are under $100. Plus, you can get a mixture of activated carbon and potassium permanganate, so the PP, our old friend, which protects us against the hated candiru fish. So you save versus the Austin Air, and you get two gas filtration mediums versus just the one with the Austin Air. So if you got the Winix plus the 160R2, you're going to have $150 or so in replacement costs every year, and it's going to cost you around $660 bucks versus the Austin, which would be $600 plus $300 you know, filtration costs. So it, you know, it's marginal how much you save, but I think that would be a better option. And that's what I would suggest getting. Uh, the Winix is going to be good for most people and give you the best bang for your buck. And if you want that further gas filtration, get the Faust 160R2. Uh, there are a couple other filters that I think deserve an honorable mention real quick. The IQ air filters from Switzerland. These are super top of the line products. Like this is the best of the best. They combine good particle and good gas filtration, but you, you are going to pay for it. They're going to cost you an arm and a leg, something in the $900 range. And to get the 
fancy gas filtration version, that's going to be twelve hundred dollars. Um, you're, so you're just going to pay a lot. You're, you're also going to pay hundreds of dollars in air filter replacements every year. So for me, that's a no thanks, but they are worth mentioning because there are a lot of people who love these things and they should, for what you pay, you should, you should love that thing. <laughs> uh, blue air is another company that makes good air filters. Uh, they're going to be expensive as well. Uh, Dyson, they also make good air filters, but they are going to charge you an arm and leg for that sleek, cool design. Uh, and you're really not going to get much power. You know, most Dysons are under 150 CFM and they're going to cost you $500 or more. Uh, so you pay a lot for the Dyson name pretty much. Honeywell, uh, they make some good air filters. Uh, the HPA 300 has 350 CFM and it's just over $200. I, I actually almost went with the Honeywell, but the carbon filter it comes with is not as good as the Winix. But the Honeywell HPA 300, that is, that's a decent choice it, and it really does have some good reviews. So that's worth considering. So let's, uh, let's sum everything up. For best all around, good particle filtration, Winix 5500-2 or a Coway Mighty. If you want more gas filtration along with your particle filtration, you can buy an Austin Healthmate or an IQ Air, but these are expensive and they have costly filters. I think a better option is to go with the Winix and buy a dedicated gas filter. Uh, the two that are worth considering for the gas filters are the Faust 160R2 and one I didn't mention before, the Aerox model 45D. Uh, the Faust beats out the Aerox. It's just more powerful, but the Aerox is maybe $100 cheaper. Uh, they both have dedicated carbon and potassium permanganate, uh, permanganate filtering for those people you know, with multiple chemical sensitivities and mysterious illnesses. All of these are going to be in the show notes, though, if you just want to click and make that thing easy. One final note. If you do decide to start getting air filters, and you really should, um, think hard about how much space you have and how much filtration you will really need. It can get quite expensive. So buying these really nice filters like the Austin Air or the IQ Air, it can really add up. I mean, if you have multiple rooms that are 200 square feet, you would need a filter for each of them to get appropriate filtering. And, and I think one common mistake people make is they buy a super expensive filter that may have 350 CFM, you know, it may be a very powerful filter, but they put it in a big family room that is, you know, has high ceilings and, you know, it's 500 square feet. And it's just not going to filter all the gunk out of that room, out of a room that big, you know, it's just not going to be able to, to work that hard. It's better to buy multiple cheaper units than to buy single high-end units, in my opinion. Or, you know, if you're made of money, buy multiple high-end units. <laughs> That's probably the best of both worlds if, if you can afford it. Personally, what I did was I bought a Winix and I bought a Faust for my bedroom. And I don't really, I don't really worry about filtering the rest of my house too much. Um, I have those small little $75 ones running. Uh, not that they do much. Uh, the bedroom is where you sleep. And it is the most important room to have good filtration in. So that about wraps it up. Uh, all the links for those filters will be in the show notes. If you do buy one, clicking one of those links would be super helpful to me. Um, to summarize the whole episode or whatever, there are air filters and air purifiers. Air filters, they take things out of the air like particles and gases. Air purifiers, they add something to the air and they tend to be hit or miss whether people like them or not. Some people love them, some people hate them. For health purposes, there are particles and there are gases. Particles cause more localized problems like asthma and allergies. Gases can cause systemic problems like multiple chemical sensitivity, liver issues, chronic fatigue, all that fun stuff. True HEPA filters particles fantastically. 
All you have to worry about is whether your filter is big enough for the room. 250 CFM or 230 CADR. These are good benchmarks for filters when you are comparing them. If, if one filter has, if both filters have the same CFM, go with the cheaper one. They're, they're basically doing the same amount of work. Ignore the square feet claims on the boxes. Those are all crap. <laughs> um, carbon and potassium permanganate, those filter gases. Many filters like the Winix, they come with a carbon filter, but if you really want good gas filtration, look at one of the two filters I mentioned that comes with potassium permanganate. That's, that's going to be how you're going to get all those gases. Uh, if you get a filter, you can look forward to feeling clear-headed, sleeping better, having a better mood, uh, less gunk in your sinuses, just better all-around health, and everyone should have that. So thanks for listening, guys. See you in two weeks. 